0: Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Ken for Wednesday, May 26th, 2021, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Two words for you, sedation dentistry. If you have a lot of dental work that needs to be done and you don't necessarily want to be around while it's done, sedation dentistry, 317-849-2933. Punch subscribe, hit like, ring the bell. Let's talk about sports, shall we? It's time for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to stop dragging its feet and end this blackout and do it right now because people got plans to make this weekend. You can't get tickets for the Indy 500. People want to watch. They want to have parties. So let's go. Make it convenient for your fans to consume your race. For the love of God, Roger Penske and Doug Bowles, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. You know what you're going to do. Trying to maximize short-term profit at the expense of long-term fan satisfaction, is bad business. Roger Penske knows that he's way too smart about business. What's he doing? What is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway gaining through a potential blackout of live television in the local market? Zero. It has been proven again and again and again that blackouts counterintuitively harm GATE. They don't help GATE. They don't sell tickets. People don't go to the race because it's not on TV. People avoid the race because it's not on TV. What are you doing? This is Broadcasting 101. It's Marketing 101. It's Business 101. This is not an advanced level concept, for God's sake. That's why nobody else in organized professional sports enforces a live local blackout of its event. It's a love letter. What NBC produces to the Indianapolis 500. It enhances Gate. It doesn't hurt Gate. What are you doing? All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. spoke to the media yesterday about Carson Wentz. He loves Carson Wentz. Of course, you he would. He's a new teammate, he's got a great arm. He can throw it like Michael Pittman said. Uh, the first time they worked out, he threw like a 65 yard post. And and Pittman was like, All right, I gotta run for this guy, which is a little bit different from what he had to do with Phillip Rivers, because Phillip Rivers couldn't out throw his receivers. So you've got a guy now and, and Carson Wentz for the first time uh with the Colts has a chance to be a long term answer at quarterback. The Colts, this'll be the Colts' fourth starting uh, quarterback. In the last four seasons, he had Andrew Luck, then Jacoby Brissett for a second time, then Phillip Rivers, and now Carson Wentz. Phillip Rivers was duct tape. You knew that. He was a short-term answer at quarterback. At the age of 38, about to turn 39, now 39, decided to retire. And so you've got Carson Wentz operating in that position. Here are some reasons why Colts fans should be excited that Carson Wentz is their quarterback, And the long term answer at quarterback, all right? We know what he did in 2020. Let's leave that be for a minute. He's 28 years old. He's got his best football ahead of him, right? The number two overall pick in the uh, 2015 draft, I think, right? Or 2016 draft. He was on pace to be the league MVP in 2017. He's had one bad year, that was 2020. 2018 and 2019, he was fine for the Eagles, led the Eagles to a playoff start in 2019. This is a guy who can lead a team to winning football, and he's here in Indianapolis. Um, and speaking of a fresh start, this is a fresh start for Carson Wentz with the coach that led him to that 2017 productivity. All right, and a guy who has led, Andrew in order, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, and Phillip Rivers, two outstanding seasons as the head coach and really the the de facto offensive coordinator of the team. We know that he runs the offense and calls the plays. Nick Sirianni didn't do that. He's he's now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Nick Sirianni. I hope he does well in Philadelphia. Philadelphia fans are going to have to be a little bit patient in ways that they were not. With Carson Wentz. Philadelphia fans are not known for their patience, which is a shame. Philadelphia, people from Philadelphia come to Indianapolis and they start to sweat and tremble because people here are nice by rule. People in Indianapolis kind of smile, greet you, treat you nicely. And people in Philadelphia, they don't know how to deal with that. So they start to tremble. And, and so this is a fresh start for a guy with Carson Wentz's personality. He is going to fit Indianapolis at a level that he did not fit Philadelphia nor ever could fit Philadelphia. Indianapolis is a perfect place for Carson Wentz to play football. Let's talk about IU basketball again. What do we do now? What do IU fans do now? You got all these reasons to be excited, right? Mike Woodson, Thad Mata, Dane Fife. We got all those guys on the coaching staff. Kind of Thad Mata, of course, the associate AD for men's basketball. But you know what? these get this is a breath of fresh air. Are you in the house at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, right? Mike Woodson played there from '77 to, to uh, 1980. one of the top 10 scorers of all time, more than 2,000 points at Indiana, despite the fact that he missed a significant amount of time his senior year in Bloomington. Dane Fife, really uh, the youngest possible tether back to the Bob Knight era, and that 2002 Final Four Team National Championship game team. People love Mike Woods and Dane Five Thad Mata, a uh, a guy with deep Indiana basketball roots, was a head coach at Butler, was an assistant coach at Butler prior to that, then went on and did great work at Xavier and Ohio State, coming back to the state of Indiana to help out at IU at $400,000 a year. That's a nice job. No real responsibilities in terms of being the CEO of that program, but still making a nice living down in Monroe County. Good for Thad Mata. Then you've got the guys coming in. We know about the guys going out, right? Joey Brunk, Al Durham, uh, and Armand Franklin. They leave, but in come guys like Michael Durr, Xavier Johnson, right? You've got uh, Parker Stewart, who was a transfer last year but never played. Uh, Logan Duncombe. Christian Lander who really this would be his freshman year in college. There are a lot of reasons to feel real good about Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis coming back, but the probably the preseason Big Ten player of the year. this is a good team in terms of, of manpower and in terms of coaching. Mike Woodson, people dog out Mike Woodson for the level of coaching he did in the NBA. At Atlanta, he won more games every single season. He went from winning, like, no games with the youngest roster in the NBA to, in his sixth year, winning 53, 54 games for the Hawks. Yeah, first-round exit from the playoffs, and the people in Atlanta got upset with Mike Woodson. I don't know why. And all of a sudden, he was out. Maybe it was a situation like Nate McMillan here with the Pacers. All of a sudden, you know what? Washing out in the first round wasn't good enough. So... Let's fire Nate McMillan, hire Nate Bjorkman, and all of a sudden you don't make the playoffs at all. That's progress, right? Not so much. And that's what happened with Atlanta. He went to New York. He won his first year with the Knicks. And then James Dolan got smart, and he hired Phil Jackson as his GM when Phil Jackson had no interest in being the GM other than cashing the checks, totaling $12 million a year to be the GM for a while. And he ruined the roster. So what do you want Woodson to do? He went from putting together a really good regular season with the Knicks to not having a roster that was able to compete at the same level the following year with Phil Jackson as a GM. Mike Woodson can flat-out coach. I'm not worried about Mike Woodson. Um, Speaking of Indiana and expectations, I said yesterday that Texas and Indiana, I, 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 I talked about Texas. Right In terms of the coaching change that it made, going from uh, Shaka Smart, who left Texas to go to Marquette before the Axe fell, and then they hired Chris Beard from Texas Tech. He's a Texas graduate, did great work at Texas Tech. To me, this is another hire in a lineage of ridiculous hires by Texas. I like Chris Beard, but what Chris Beard was able to do was win in Lubbock a place where it's really, really hard to win, in a conference where it's really hard to win. The Big 12's terrific. You got Kansas and Kansas State. You got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You got a lot of basketball programs that are very, very good. Here's what Texas continues to do. They continue to make changes, and they hire coaches who are able to game the system, like Shaka Smart was able to game the system at Virginia Commonwealth, crashed the party at the NCAAs because he played a different style of basketball. And people in the NCAA tournament were not used to playing against that style of basketball. So Shaka was able to Shaka the world and go to the Final Four, right? So Texas hires him where you've got all the resources in the world. And you know what? You don't don't need to shock the world. You can't shock the world because now you're one of the haves and not one of the have-nots. And that's what, that's, they also do that in football. Hiring a guy like Charlie Strong from Louisville. Uh, hiring um, a, a guy like Tom Herman from Houston. Steve Sarkeesian is, is a little bit different from that. But Rick Barnes did a really good job. Mac Brown didn't do a bad job. Texas fans, they got tired of mediocrity, impatient with mediocrity. And what happens when you get impatient with mediocrity? You guarantee mediocrity, and that's what Texas has done. It's not a reflection on Shaka Smart, and it's not going to be a reflection on Chris Beard when he doesn't live up to expectations, nor Steve Sarkeesian. It's about the expectations of Texas within the athletic department and within that fan base that are just unrealistic and impatient. Let's celebrate some birthdays on what I hope is going to be a beautiful uh, Wednesday during race week in Indianapolis. Uh, Jim Denny, happy birthday, radio legend in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, Doug Swatz, happy birthday, Chris Herbert, Brittany Deal, Brittany Copeland, Scott Snyder, Derek Keller, Kelly Jack Kelly, Donald Kelly, Phil Thralls, Amy Hopper Levin, who tried to give everybody in kindergarten poison ivy. That's what she did. (laughs) This is the kind of malevolent person that Amy Hopper Levin is. No, she's a very nice person. Uh, Sean Boland, happy birthday. Chad Morris, I don't know why you remember stuff like that, but I do. Gary Ide and Mac Petty, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment today. Inside Indiana Sports now, about 3 o'clock this afternoon. I cannot wait to talk to you then. And hopefully by then... We're talking about the blackout of the Indianapolis 500 in the city of Indianapolis being lifted. People around the country, when they hear that the Indianapolis 500 is blacked out in the city of Indianapolis, they scratch their heads and say, what kind of dunderheads are you? Have you not realized that blackouts don't work? Whatever the the Speedway is trying to accomplish with a blackout is completely, well, it's not accomplished because of the blackout because blackouts don't work. I keep telling you.